Welcome to the Leadership Podcast, brought to you by LifeWest, the Chiropractic College. I'm your host, Dr. Ron Oberstein. And I'm your host, Dr. Mary Oberstein. And we're excited to have you join us as we bring special guests in the world of health, leadership, business success, and chiropractic. Our mission is to create a brighter future for humanity, and we are thrilled to walk this journey with you. Enjoy this episode, and thank you for being with us today. Well, hello, everybody. Dr. Ron Oberstein, president of Life Chiropractic College West, and it's an honor to be with you on this uh, Life West leadership line, and I've got a very special guest today. Uh, I've got uh, someone I've known for many, many, many years, Dr. Sean Powers. Hey, Dr. Sean, good to see you. Hey, Ron. (laughs) Welcome. Look at all those books behind you or videos or something. I don't know, but man, that's like a, let me tell the audience a little bit about you before we get going. Um, Dr. Sean has been in, I've been a chiropractor, graduated in 1982. I will tell you, I graduated in 81. So, so you're still the youngster in the room here, young lady. There you go. Uh, 40 years in practice, uh, graduated from uh, Palmer Davenport. Uh, 35 plus years in practice, uh, but probably 20, you know, two, two plus decades. That's how we like to say it. Two plus decades of mentoring and coaching uh, uh, chiropractors, you know, from around the world. Um, she's one of the co-founders of the League of Chiropractic Women. She sat on board. She was on the Colorado Society of Chiropractics Board. I might have botched that name. Uh, there, there was a society at one point. I think they merged. Uh, Texas Society of Chiropractic. She was on the board of that. Um, and she's just been doing just a tremendous amount of things. Was on the board of the World Congress of, of Women in Chiropractic. And um, uh, you know, just on and on, but you can get the feeling and get the get the picture that Dr. Sean has been involved in this profession on a deep level for many, many years, not just practicing, not just mentoring and coaching, but also politically. And, um, you know, he, she's paid her dues. And I'm so proud to have you with us today, Dr. Sean, because, you know, it's like, uh, you know, we know what it's like to put the dues in. A lot of people don't. There's always people, but that's okay because 20% need to be on that front line, but we need the support of the 80%, right? Right. Yeah, and I, I think that things like this help people get more involved outside of their four walls. Yeah. So I thank you for doing this podcast because it is important to bring the profession together outside of the four walls that they live in. Yeah, yeah. And we do have four walls, that's for sure. So listen, we're going to jump into a ton of stuff today. And I know it's going to lead us down, down different rabbit holes and things like that. But before we do, just share with us in maybe two minutes or less, How'd you get into chiropractic? Because 1982, women in chiropractic, I guarantee you, you were probably, I know Mary, my wife, 19, she graduated in 86, and there are probably 20% women in her, in school at that point, right? So tell us about you. Yeah, it was even less then. But the, how it became is um, my dad died when I was two years old. And my destiny was I wanted to do find something that prevented dads from dying. So I became a critical care nurse. And the first day I went away to university, I was 17 years old. I met a Palmer student and they started talking 
to me about chiropractic. The second day I was in Davenport, Iowa, I got my first adjustment. So I continued on the path of nursing because that's what I thought was my calling. I graduated. I was a critical care nurse. I worked a double shift once, 16 hours. I saw 12 people die in 16 hours. That was not congruent with my mission of no more dead dads. It was heartbreaking. And I was only 20 years old. So the next morning I said, I've got to find something else. And the calling came to me. It was chiropractic. So I went back to Davenport, Iowa, a place I never thought I would go back again and became a chiropractor. So that's really my mission was to save lives. I love it. You know, it's interesting because, yeah, not many people make Davenport a destination unless they're there for a specific reason. And that's to be a chiropractor. But that is so cool. You know, it's interesting because as a woman in chiropractic and you've been involved with a lot of different women groups in chiropractic, obviously, kind of from, you know, from what I've said, and I know you've mentored and coached a lot of women. Um, I think for all of us, you know, I mean, there's got to be something around identity with that. Right. Because, you know, it's like when people see us, they see me as a male, Mary and I work together. They see me as a male chiropractor or as a female chiropractor, not just as two doctors. I don't think they would do that with a medical doctor or an osteopath. They wouldn't say, oh, well, I only, I want the, I want the man or I want the one. It's like, they just, you know, it's just there. So I, I guess my question for you, you know, maybe we can get into a conversation around it if you feel it's appropriate is identity, you know, like just the identity of, of people in chiropractic or what does that mean? You know? Right. And and that's a really interesting question because when I first started in practice, uh, when I graduated, I think there were about seven women in my class. Out of, out of how many? Year, out of seven, how many? Out of probably 250. It was a wow. big class. Wow. It was a big class. And I could be wrong on those numbers, but it was one of the bigger classes. And after the first year, there was maybe two of us. After five years, I was maybe two, one or two of us still in practice. And I would hire coaches all the time because I'm one of those people who's tell me more, help me get smarter, quicker, faster, right? Accelerate my overflow. And um, I had a male coach once. I worked with my partner who was a male and he's told me to go home and have babies. Let the guy do the work. And I was like, are you kidding me? And then I, so the identity for me was always, I am a chiropractor and not only am I a chiropractor, but I am chiropractic, mm-hmm. right? So when people talk to me, when they see me, when they're watching and I don't know they're watching, they're measuring what, and defining what chiropractic is. So identity is really important. We are not what we do. We are who we be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the interesting thing around that is that is that it's interesting because because people can hold themselves as well. You know, I'm a you know, I'm a I'm a male chiropractor. I'm a female chiropractor. So I'm not getting the respect. I'm short. So I'm not getting I'm tall. So people are afraid of me. And the truth is, is like, you know, those are the stories we kind of say to ourselves. I'm not saying it's not real for other people to see that. But the, the stories we say to ourselves compared to. The reality is how I emanate myself is what I'm hearing you say is who they're going to really see, right? 
Right. And I think also as you go through the seasons of your life, um, whether you're a male or, or you're a female, there are seasons of our lives. There are times when the babies are young, the family requires more. And if you don't identify yourself first around those foundations, you know, then if it's all about your practice, what you get is a great practice and miserable life. Yeah. And I'm all about the identity of who we are as a whole being. Our, our body, our mind, our spirit, our, our profession is what we profess. That's, you know, the innate intelligence, what we believe above, down, inside out. But be very careful about how you identify yourself as you move through seasons of your life. If you want to, at the end of your life, pretty much have sit in the rocking chair and said, I did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really about being authentic then, you know what I mean? Because, because like you said before, you know, we're not chiropractic, you know, we're, that's, you know, that's what we do. It's not who we are. Right. And, and being. Well, and can I just say, Ron, for some of us, that is who we are. Like we can't think outside in, right. We can't not trust the innate capacity of the body. We cannot not think about brain-body connection. So in essence, we are chiropractic, but if we didn't have a practice, you know, do we jump off the building, you know, because our practice failed, right? right? That's the difference in your identity being driven from the inside, that moral compass, that belief system versus the role you play. Right, right. right. And and I guess how kind of I'm I'm interpreting it too is is that we can take the chiropractic principles and we can take all those things and incorporate that into our life. But so many people identify with what they do Right. instead of who they are. Right. And, and I think that's where we can go into a crossroads where we don't, you know, fulfill what our magnitude is within us because we're so identified in what I do. I'm an NBA basketball player. That's all I, well, no, you aren't. That's what you do, but who you are, and you can carry that and use that for the best, you know, to make, to make great change in the world. But you know, and I think that happens. Like, you know, it's, a, I, you know, and I know that I know that certain men lose their identity in chiropractic. You know, I know that, um, uh, you know, I think a lot of people do, you know, and I hear what you're saying. Take that. Take these principles. Take that. Live your life from that. And now you're incorporating that into who you are and everything you do. You can relate back to, you know, chiropractic or back to wherever it is. But still who we are. And when you talk about identity, I guess the question I have for you, because I know that, you know, you've been involved in these women organizations. What, what do you think? So uh, uh, what is a stumbling block? You know, and I, we know there's a stigma out there and that's, that's out there and I get it, you know, but tell me the stumbling blocks that you find when like you're coaching women or you're talking with them. And I know you're not exclusively a woman coach or anything like that, but, but what are the kind of the, what's one of the major things that you kind of see? You know, interestingly enough, the first 10 years of my coaching practice, I didn't have any women. Yeah. (laughs) Because women, for whatever reason, don't tend to invest in themselves or take the time to 
get support and get help. They're such caregivers, supporters, et cetera, that they're always the last, right? So as we start to see like part of, I think the impetus to women getting more help, support and coaching was the founding of the League of Chiropractic Women. So that you do not have somebody thinking that there's only one way to do it. So part of your identity is owning who you are, owning what, everything about your life means and deciding how you practice and how you live your life. And so one of the stumbling blocks for women is that they think often to be successful, they have to sacrifice. Um, and so then they almost don't even start because they, they've they almost been given this belief, if you don't work five days a week or you don't work a Saturday or you're not somebody who loves chiropractic so much that you don't take a vacation, you can't be successful. So as you know, when we came up, there was one way of practice. You know, you had certain hours, certain days, da, da, da. And so I think the biggest stumbling for women is to just step into their power. Don't listen to the chatter. Don't compare yourself to others and invest in yourself. Because when they do that, then life just expands. Practice expands with ease. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I get it. I totally get it. And I think that's great advice because I'll just share with you. I remember, you know, w- w- when Mary and I were practicing together and uh, we practiced many, many years together, 30 something years. And they um, we would always have associate doctors. And when we were having kids and Mary was in that season of her life, wanting to have children and doing that. Uh, I remember one we had a we had a there was a gal a woman uh, uh, associate doctor that we had at the time and and she she looked at me and said how are you doing this like you know you're supposed to be a chiropractor how do you take time off and and I remember Mary just saying to her very gently and lovingly just saying I have plenty of time to practice you know and she still came back and still worked a half a day and then worked into two half days and then you know and built you know came back and and then you know came into you know a day and a half and just kind of built it in and then she'd get pregnant again and then she'd phase out and then she'd come back in and i think that like you said like coming up like us coming up it was all about well our identity was tied into our success in practice it wasn't tied into who we were you know like what do you, you could like you just said you could have it all just right. just take it, right? right. You know. And how do you define the all, right? right? You don't have to define it like. I, I remember the reason why I really started coaching, there was two reasons. Zucafus asked me to start. And um, a woman who was in a coaching program that I was in became pregnant. She had terrible morning sickness and she was talking to our coach. And she said, I just can't keep these hours. And he told her to man up and get over it. Mm. And she called me in tears. And I was like, that is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. You, you can't control that, right? You yeah. can't man up during pregnancy, right? It's sort of, anyway. So, so I think also is that to trust yourself as part of your identity and your identity will go through the seasons. And we do practice in decades. Like, even though I'm not standing at a table every day anymore, I'm in multiple offices around the world working in the background as their coach, right? Yeah. So, so, and you know how that is. Sometimes in our profession, they'll say to you, oh, well, you're a president now. What do you know, right? <laughs> like, 
all the things that we learned all those years of practice, that knowledge, wisdom, and experience. Let, and let me show get, you all the battle scars, right? <laughs> right. Right. It doesn't get erased because we no longer are in a practice, right? right. So identity is just like own it, who you are, trust who you are, and don't compare yourself to anybody else. And when you feel, you know, I think the other block for men and women is that when they keep hitting the wall, it's because they're not honoring who they are and they're trying to run a, a different program. Like I'm a Mac girl. If a PC runs totally different, right? And so I would feel, what is this? Oh, I don't know that part, right? So yeah. Yeah. It creates, it creates a subluxation in life, right? And yeah. and then, you know, we're, we're either going to grow up or we're going to grow down or you will know, either be in ease or dis-ease. And, and it's just it's just the pattern it goes. So, you know, you kind of touched on this. Talk about success principles, you know, or, you know, priorities, whatever you want to call it, you know, like, you know, but give us a few key things on, you know, on, on being successful, things that you share with the people that you work with. You know, one of my favorite quotes about success is by Thoreau. And um, I was asked to do my mother's eulogy when she died. And the, the night before I was in her room, you know, my mom and dad's room, just sitting there feeling her. And under her glass tabletop, I found this card that I had sent to her. And, um, and it, it just says, you know, about laughing often, uh, you know, loving much, leaving the world a better place, either by a, a redeemed social condition or a garden patch. And so success is, again, comes back to you. How do you define that? And it will change at times of our lives. There are times that it, it's about getting our reserve built up so that we have that freedom to live, be, and do what we want. But I think the reality about success is it doesn't take time. It takes bravery. Yeah. It takes courage. It takes that willingness to make decisions and follow one course until you've accomplished what you've wanted. Yeah. So success principles are vital um, to defining it, embracing it, and not apologizing for it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we've heard this. It's, it's kind of cliche-ish, but it is so true that if you ask any successful person how many times they failed, mm -hmm. they will tell you they failed three times more than their successes. And it comes to what you just said. You just do it. Just step out and do it. And it's okay to fail. You know, we, we always talk about falling forward, you know, something that I preach at the college. It's okay to fall, fail, but fall forward. Don't fall backwards. You know, just keep, keep going, you know. Even how you define it. It's just a lesson. That was an experience. Like, um, you know how sometimes I do this thing, let's live without regrets. But the reality is if we're truly living, we will have regrets. And if the regret doesn't give us a lesson, if we don't take time to pause, to slow down, to say, what did I learn from that? Then that's an icky feeling of regret, right? So I think that it is so vital to really make that decision about it's okay, green and growing or ripe and rotting. And that if I fall down, I fall forward. And how did I learn to walk better? Because I fell. 
right? When kids are walking and they fall down, we don't chastise them. We clap, we pick them up, we cheer them on, right? And there's actually studies that show if you put somebody in a freezing cold bucket of water standing, they're barefooted in a freezing cold bucket of water. Physiologically, they can't sustain it very long. But if there's people around them clapping and cheering them on, they can go longer and longer and longer. So success principles is surround yourself with people who support you, who see a better future for you, who can cheer you on when you have a dark day or a dark time, because you know, you said you got the scars, Ron, right? We all have Absolutely. Those, those times. Absolutely. You know, and, and when you think about it, you know, that there's that old saying about who you surround yourself with is, you know, when you, if, if, if you, if you're with people whose energy is down here, you know, that, that, that physics law of entrainment, that the higher frequency will always go to the lower frequency, no matter what, you know, and no matter what, it's law of physics. And then people just have to understand that, that surround yourself with people who, who have a frequency at your level or at the level that they want to, you know, they want to be at, right. You know, that kind of thing. Um, the question I have for you, and I'll, I'll just have you rattle these off, just, you know, three things I'd like to ask you or I'd like to have you share with us because, um, you, you know, you're all over the world. You're working with people. What just universally, what would you say the three uh, different elements that you see in someone's practice or within themselves that might be causing, you know, stumbling blocks or subluxations to having them have their success? What would those three be just off the top of your head? Um, their beliefs what they believe and um, who and what they spend their time with can either elevate them or drop them to a lower frequency and reality or indulging in the negative or, you know, that inability to be successful. And the third thing that I think is a real stumbling block for people is lack of action. Mm. You know, it's like the ripple effect. What, you know, if you start and you stop, it's harder to get going. Inertia sets in and, and you just don't get as far each time you start and stop. So staying in action. If you have inaction in your life, your practice, that's going to it's going to be harder to be successful. And within that is your belief system. If you're operating out of fear or shame or doubt, that creates fear, shame and doubt behaviors and that pre creates a less than stellar life, yeah. less yeah. than stellar practice. Yeah, we definitely mimic, you know, who, you know, what we're feeling on the inside. People think like they can hide it, you know, yeah. like I'm shamed about this, but they think I, I'll put on a different face. But, you know, we everyone knows that people feel it. They, they get to it, you know, because we're naturally we're innate beings. Right. Um, and so we will pick it up innately and then it'll go into our consciousness. And then as a as a viewer of it, we'll get you know, we'll finally get to see you know what's really there and then ask the question like, are you OK? And and it's like my smile doesn't show that I'm all right. You know, kind of, but I, the question I have for you, because you talked about action. You talked about inertia, and I know you grew up with this because, you know, Sigafush used to talk about this, you know, going from room to room to room to room or table to table to table when no patients are there. And when you're starting practice and just go adjust all these invisible people and go through your actions. So as you're going through your actions and people out there 
who've been practicing 30 plus years, they get it, you know, because that's what we were told to do, you know, go back 35 years ago, whatever. But newer people might go, oh, my God, you know, but it's like you just keep doing that until the tables get filled up. And that's that action you're talking about, right? That inertia. Yeah, like what you see in your mind's eye, it comes true in reality. The words you speak, you can either speak good and, and success into your life and into your practice, or you can speak less than, right? So how we think, what we see, how we visualize and how we use our bodies. So, um, you know, when there's a movie like, you know, Maverick just came out. Everybody loves that movie, right? It's a classic. And um, you don't think they just did those scenes, you know, from the get-go. They they wrote it, they read it, they role-played it. So BJ used to call it talking to the blockheads. He would go into the auditorium and he would see what he called blockheads, you know, just like there's not really people there, but he would practice his oration and his lyceum speeches. And so same thing in practice. It's stress rehearsal, baby. It's role play. It's reading of the script. And because we are performers, our job is to perform at the highest level so that people who either don't know what they have the capacity their brain and body does, they get it or they think that they know and we support them in owning that and it becoming part of their their lifestyle. But your job is not just before you can really make an adjustment, you need to influence that person. You need to empower them and you need to support them in role playing, dress rehearsal, talking to the blockheads, that's where it becomes reality, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, somewhere it's been lost, and maybe it hasn't. Maybe I just think it is. You know, like the whole thing of writing your goals down and visualizing, and this is what 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 you know. I grew up on. You grew up on that, right? You know, these were the people. You know, and it was all about just just putting it out there and trusting it, and that's where the success comes from. Okay. You know, right. And I don't know if it's lost or not. I don't know if, if the if the if the if the newer generations that are coming through chiropractic are actually just sitting there and writing down their stuff and and repeating it, putting it on their mirror, repeating their affirmations every night. You know, where where you know, we wrote affirmations and we, before we went to bed and the first thing in the morning, you know, I am a healer. I am seeing this many pe- you know, people a week. You know, I am attracting this. I am doing that. My life is this. My life is that. And, you know, people thought we were crazy listening to the thing in the, under your pillow, the pillow phone, you know, right, you know, at, right, at 3 30 right, in the morning when right. your mind goes off and you know your voice and a tape, right. you know, and it's like that stuff doesn't change. It doesn't, it you know, the 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 decade doesn't change that, does it? You know? Principles, right? Principles are unchanging. It's like the lighthouse, right? Is like the principle. The lighthouse can call people in um, or the sailor can ignore it and crash, you know, into the rocks, right? And ignore it. So those principles, like you said, um, if you believe in quantum physics, you know, we have our dear friend, Joe Dispenza, it's already there in the field. If you thought it, it's already exists. Now you have to do the work of calling it in and believing it. And so at least with the people I work with, we talk about outcomes more than tasks. We talk about vision and purpose. And then what does that mean? Like my, my goal in life is to save mothers, fathers, children, everybody from living less than 
and to have the highest experience and quality of their life by having a healthy nerve system. And if you have a big vision, you need to do the work, stay in action, surround yourself with the right people, and you need to speak it so that people know, right? So the influencing piece of what we do, like every day we get to influence how people think. And when they think differently, above, down, inside out, you know, the reconnection piece of things, they'll take the actions. And that's why practices that I work with, that you work with, that you've had, that I've had, we're never short on new people, right? We're never worried, right? Because it keeps flowing in. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you said something really key and it's a great thing to kind of wrap our conversation up. You said something that was so key and it was about, it is in the field. It's already there, right? Mm -hmm. To call it in means that we have to be disciplined and we have to really understand it, right? And be able to know the principles of success like you talked about, right? That if it is out there, I can call it in, but I've got to be ready to have that come into my life. And it's, it's so beautiful, Sean. I think, you know, you are amazing. And, and it's like, you know, I, I hope our viewers, they're going to have to listen to this a few times because there's a lot in here that, that we can unbundle, you know, unpack as the, the words are these days, but we can unbundle and that we can just keep going into and into and into. And, you know, success, success doesn't change and success always leaves clues. And it's just, it's just what's there. So thank you for sharing your success. Thank you for sharing the principles and what you do. And uh, I've got one question because I, because I've been holding on to this for, for the last 28 minutes. So um, where are you from and what got you to Davenport in the first place? Did you go to, Mm -hmm. I grew up in Chicago. Yeah. Midwest girl. I'm from Detroit. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. So, so actually I was engaged when I graduated from high school and my mother begged me out of, she, I was her sixth out of seven children. She said, please go to college, graduate because all the other kids didn't. And uh, the man that I was engaged to, he's like, well, are there any schools that are full of women? (laughs) A little insecure, I guess. So Mary Crest College was the all girl. At, like they were just starting to um, have men come on campus. And it was the top um, nursing university in the United States at that time. And that was, and Davenport? That was in Davenport? That was in Davenport. That's how on my first day, I met a chiropractic student right. at the bar you know, because all good college students, first day at school, they go to the bar. And then the second day I got adjusted by him. So that is so how I got to Davenport. I was it was close to Chicago. There is no there is no mistakes. There's absolutely no mistakes. And if it did come out of insecurity, thank God, because critical nursing and whatever you were doing, you know, mm-hmm. their loss was our gain that we were able to bring you into this profession, that, that, that you were called into this profession. And, and even when you went into nursing, it was for an admirable reason to make sure that, you know, fathers stuck around for their families. And I, I just love it. So, so thank you, Dr. Sean. Thank you for all you've done in chiropractic and what you're going to continue to do. Cause I know the road isn't ending here, you know, and, um, I know, I know a lot of, lot of stuff to do and, and fun to be had. And thank you so much for just being that, that, that rock. And, and, and also, you know, being a woman in chiropractic, you know, who, who swam against the current, obviously, you know, as, as 
women were dropping out, you kept moving forward. And um, so thank you so much for, for all you've done and for joining us today. We'll get you back on the show at a later time. Uh, our viewers will have all your information underneath. So please contact Dr. Sean. Uh, look at the different information that we've been flashing uh, so that you can, you know, ask your questions. And I know that you're just a wealth of information and you're so open to sharing with people. So thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me and thanks for all you do and have done and continue to do, right? We are chiropractic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to our viewers, thank you. Thanks for listening to us. Thanks for coming in week after week. These leadership lines, we drop every two weeks. The opposite two weeks, we drop our Life by Life West. And uh, and so check on those. Um, our viewership has just been just growing and it's because of great people that we bring on like Dr. Sean and that, uh, and you as a viewer keeps sharing this. So share this with people, you know, that are around you, share it with new graduates, share it with, with people who have been in practice for 40 plus years, 50, 60, 70 years, uh, whatever. But we do appreciate you. Remember, you know, that you make the difference that within us, we've got the power to heal and it's far greater than most people have ever been led to believe. And we know that as chiropractors, the people who we deal with and, you know, that come in front of us as our patients and our clients and our practice members. And so keep spreading that love and spreading the message of chiropractic. And most of all, keep your balance, do the success principles, take care of yourself, because without you, we can't get the work done that we, that is so vital to this world. So until the next time, uh, I will bid you adieu. Dr. Sean will bid you adieu and uh, we'll see you uh, at the next leadership line. Bye-bye. Thank, Thank you for joining us today. today. And for, for the, the love, commitment, and passion you emanate every day. Together, we know we will make this world a better place.